0: The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue.
1: The lips, the teeth, the tip of the, the tongue. Lips, the lips, the teeth. teeth. The, uh, see, I can't do that. Yeah. Not, uh, the lips, the teeth, the <laughs> tip of the tongue. I'm not surprised. I'm not, lips, I can't. Come on now. The, 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 the lips, the, the teeth, vocal. the tip of the tongue. The there you go. A little the
0: enunciation,
1: enunciation the practice.
2: <laughs> How lips, now, teeth, brown cow?
1: Okay. Everybody knows I have a lot of trouble enunciating my words. So I'm our listeners are... I'm, pretty, I'm not surprised if like, our listeners are always like, what the fuck did Mo just say? You're listening to Marketing Major with Alex and Mo,
0: a podcast by students for people who are curious about marketing.
1: Thanks for coming back for another episode, everyone. Yeah. Appreciate the support. We can't see you. We don't know who you are, but we love you.
2: Yeah. Shout out um, to those people. Apparently, there are lots of people listening to us in... Oh no, where was it? It's somewhere in the States. Like 30% Ooh. of our audience. So shout out to, to you guys over there. Um
1: interesting. Really?
2: Don't know how you found us, but
1: Hey, we're not mad. Yeah. We're not mad. Yeah. The goal, the goal this year was to was to grow the following and expand. And I guess it's, it's going, I guess. we yeah. <laughs> the Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. Uh, this is a worldwide podcast.
0: Um what are your guys' plans? What are you guys' like home buying goals or like anywhere there? Is it you want one, don't want one, apartment, house? What's the what's your what's your guys' vibe right now?
2: I dream. I, I dream about houses. I love houses. Um I I honestly don't know when or if I'll be able to actually own a house. But in the meantime, I'll still walk through my neighborhood and be like, ooh, that trim? No, no way. (laughs) And also the classic in my kitchen being like, you know what? I feel like we could just like knock down this wall, like make a little breakfast nook there, open concept vibe. Like I love that stuff so much. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to actually do that, but I definitely dream about it
1: yeah I think I'm on the same page like I definitely want that eventually I, I do picture myself with like house many dogs maybe some kids yes. you know just eventually but <laughs> but like I think for now I'm definitely like first step like let me just like but I still live at home um so I'm like maybe like apartment first and then like just test that out a little bit and then, totally like, something. maybe maybe kind of move up slowly but mm-hmm. yeah I'm just like you I'm like I I do like houses and like I, I do like, I have some, uh, I have some friends in real estate, which we'll be speaking to in a minute, uh, who like, will always be posting, you know, the houses that they're selling us up. I'm like, oh it's so nice. Like, <laughs> How much? Oh, 1.3 million. All right. Maybe another day, you know, like it it seems, it seems so far away. And I think for a lot of people, our age, it seems so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think maybe it's it's attainable and achievable. I just uh, we don't really know what it takes to really get into like I haven't done my research. Like, what does it take to get a mortgage? What does it take to get a house? So mm-hmm. maybe it's more achievable and attainable than I think. But it's yeah, true. it seems it seems distant at the moment. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I just like I have I have two versions, and like one is like, I really like small spaces. Like I would just enjoy living in a little space, whether it be like a nice little apartment or maybe like a tiny house, which I'm like, a tiny homes. Okay, tiny homes I'm absolutely obsessed with. We'll get into it. Can't wait. You know, it's like, you know, I, there's something about the tiny, it's cozy. It just like works. It's efficient. Mm. And then the other side of me is like, what if I had a regulation basketball court in my house? <laughs> um and that that's extreme obviously Dude. i can't i can't play basketball for my life so i would never want a basketball court it would just be a waste of my talents um you can get a tennis but, court ooh right but in reality it's like i do want to fit a ping pong table in my house because i have <laughs> like i love playing ping pong and i have i have a ping pong table in my house right now and i'm like how can i ever part yeah. with you and obviously ping pong tables inside are not compatible with like small apartments or tiny houses. And so there's this, it's like, mm, do I want a tiny house that like is not that expensive and is cozy and efficient? Or do I want a ping pong table? Okay, like, it shouldn't but, be that big of a deal, but it is.
2: But honestly, you might not have to choose shout out tiny house nation, Zach. He like, you can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> Like he will like, like build this tiny house and it's like the same kind of vibe as like extreme home makeover where they're like, they show the house at the end and they're like, we, we attached this like regulation size soccer net to the side of your home. So that once you park it, I've watched that
0: show too. I've watched that show too.
2: It's just about the solutions. You know, you can't, don't sell yourself short.
0: Listen, Mo, if you're not convinced yet about tiny homes and, like, how cool and satisfying they are, you just haven't watched enough videos or shows. Like, watching, that's probably part of it. It's just, like, so satisfying Mm -hmm. to see, like, people's designs and, like, how they fit everything differently. It's like a weird game. It's like a weird game, but it's so so satisfying to be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we can pull out, like, 10 feet of kitchen counter from under, I don't know where. Like, they just... (laughs) Where there's a will, there's a way. And people who design tiny houses are like the epitome of that. My biggest
1: Maybe. thing that I really want in a house is a home theater. That's like my thing. Ooh. I really want yeah. a home theater. Cause it's just like what better way to end the day? Yeah. You know? You know, or like a weekend with like advice of people over.
3: Oh, hey guys, yeah.
1: movie movies at my place and
0: stuff. I've also been thinking about this. Yeah. And in a tiny house context, right? I was like, what if you create a loft, right? Over like a side of it. And then it's okay. like all like couch cushion. So the entire floor is just like soft. So you get up there and just like anywhere you sit, you your feet aren't dangling off the couch. You're not slouching in the couch. Like you're just like, the whole room is basically a couch. Whoa. Yeah. Like floor walls. And then there's just like the TV screen. So any anywhere you need to sit, you got pillows, mm. however you need them, you got couch all over. I was like, this is, it's going to be cool. the comfiest room in the world.
1: That reminds me of, I might be butchering the term, but I've been seeing them recently a little bit, like, this on, like, TikTok and shit. But I think they're called, like, living room pits, where, like, <gasps> the, 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 the couch and stuff is, like, yes. underground. And, like, yes. you go from, like, ground level to, like, actually, can you feel like you're just, like, this enclosed space?
2: Yeah. And
1: that looks like such a fucking vibe. That oh, looks, like they're the best. A I agree. They look the like, best thing ever. They look amazing. I'm like, I need that. Like a cat. Yeah. Like who wants to buy a couch. Put it on on top of the fucking ground. Like no, I want it in.
0: I want it. I want in it the ground.
1: in. I want it a part of it, so I can just like literally just like melt into my house. You know. Uh, For sure, I can feel sounds that. Sounds amazing. Yeah, have yeah. expensive. Taste. <laughs>
3: Unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately, don't we all? Don't we all? all right, I guess um aside from houses though like what you want your house to look like um do you guys see yourself just like hey I'm gonna live in this one city for my whole life or you guys be like just like country to country city to city just like keep moving around exploring the world settling down for a few years here a few years there what do you guys think your life's gonna be like
2: um I feel like for me um the general trajectory of it is probably like I can see myself moving west for like a solid chunk of my life, and then maybe coming back to Edmonton because you know I love Edmonton, and probably not for any really good reasons, but I just really like it here. <laughs> but I also adore like uh, Vancouver Island or even just Vancouver in general. Like I just feel this this pull to go west so
0: don't (laughs)
1: we all relax don't we all all just like I just (laughs) want to go west yeah yeah
0: yep Where like nature is lush and green Uh, yes and the people are friendly and all (gasps) these things you're just like it's the promised land
2: yes Mm -hmm. literally Vancouver
0: Island you're like ah Uh,
2: Um, yep that's the goal because
0: obviously like Vancouver Island has like an older demographic right but I'm just waiting for like all of us to just like say enough is enough and just yes just take over
2: literally good that's what i say like i'm like everyone's just scared to move there because they're like oh like i I, they don't have to make all new friends and like i won't i don't know anyone there so if we all just move it's perfect we're all there we all know each other we don't have to be scared you know we're so (laughs) we're
1: so so We're so antisocial, it's like funny. We're like, (laughs) make new friends. Yeah,
0: no way. True. (laughs) Now we're like trying to lead a revolution out west. We're like, let's go, Vamanos, everybody. Let's do it. Um, I I mean I also really like the island. And I like Mm -hmm. I went to Victoria last year and it was lovely. I had never been like out west before. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was it was very surprisingly nice. I didn't know what to expect. But I also I very much want to live in Europe.
3: Oh
2: yes, my parents like mine. I have my I have my
0: European like citizenship. So as long as I get out of Canada, I just like show my ID and I'm like boom, I'm in whatever. Wow,
2: lucky. Um,
0: what's your weirdest flex? Um, <laughs> I have ID. <laughs> um. No, but I I do want to live in like France, for example, and I really romanticize that. And I want to do that before I'm done university, like on an exchange or something. But even, even then the beauty about my future is I have absolutely no job prospects (laughs) right now. I like, I literally, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I haven't even applied for anything yet. Like it's so wide open. It's like too wide open, Mm. you know?
1: good thing you're not graduating in like three
0: months (laughs) yeah yeah that's true but it's just like i'm at the point where i can literally be like i literally have so little direction that if i was brave enough to screw off to like central australia Mm -hmm. i could do it i could probably do it so i do have i i grew up kind of living in a few areas around the world and like i'm from ottawa and then i lived in abu dhabi for a bit and now I'm in Edmonton, and like I've really liked moving. I know moving is kind of scary, but um, I really enjoy it. And so I like I very, very much want to continue, kind of moving around the world and and experiencing completely different places, not just in a vacation way, but in like a lifestyle way. Because I feel yeah. like they're so rich in in different ways.
2: Um, it's true.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. For <laughs> sure.
2: What about you, Mom?
1: <sighs> it's funny I asked this question, I know my own answer. Um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of similar to you, Alex. Like, I've also like I was born in the Middle East, um, and then I lived in Ontario for like a few years, and then I came to Edmonton for a few years. So, like, also kind of been around. But yeah, like, I I've, for some reason I'm, I just feel a pull to Europe. Like, I just feel like a, I just wanna maybe just live in Europe. Since like I probably will survive anywhere other than like England, London, UK, and I'll probably go live there um i've also like thought about like new zealand and like australia it's just like sounds oh, really just like sounds really nice. nice it's really nice out there like
2: yeah
1: people just seem happy i know like it's kind of hectic like weather's wild crazy spiders. animals and shit oh, yeah spiders are, just God, the spiders are you guys afraid of spiders um, sorry real yes. quick i mean no but if, it's the, size of my, if it's the size of my fucking chest like no <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not doing that so it just depends um <laughs> <gasps> but yeah um I think I do want to just like also just like starting somewhere new where there isn't the blueprint it sounds really exciting to me just like it's like living in Canada or like in the west like you kind of know how it's supposed to end up going you know more or less yeah. but yeah
2: that's over true. there I'm
1: like I kind of want to like do something different you know it's like just be excited for be excited to like start pretty much a new life instead of just like this being like a continuation of my past life I kind of want to get a new start it's like something exciting and cool. um, same thing you said, just like to just live in that culture. Like I, I hate the vacation shit. I hate feeling like a tourist. It's the worst feeling for me. Like I just want to actually be like actually, and just engulfed in that culture, just live in it and just experience it fully. That sounds really, really like something that I think I, I need to do at one point in my life.
0: Yeah, and so, it's, it, yeah. it it has to take an element of like letting go for us because I think. Mm-hmm. Going through university and everything, like you, you hang on to this fact that you are building yourself up in a certain way to achieve a certain thing. Um, and then, like even thinking about like moving to the UK, for example, or like moving to France, it's like, how do you even, how do you even go about it? Where do you, where do you start? Like your university, your education, your understanding of how things function is just different. And yeah, knowing how difficult it is to to get jobs like kind of now or like how difficult it feels because you have like so so many people applying for the same thing sometimes i'm like how do i even go about even trying in a different place that i like don't know yet but yeah um you know what don't worry about that one too much
2: (laughs) it's chill though i
0: I brought it up i brought it up i regret it i (laughs) don't want to think about it <laughs> and but like um, even even in even in Victoria too, like moving halfway across the country, like Ontario is very different from Alberta, which is yeah. which is very different from BC. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still some kind of lay like some kind of connection because it is still Canada. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, it's just very different environments, and you just have to be okay with like building yourself up in this environment and then just figuring it
1: out. Just just restarting, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. At the end of the day, we're all gonna figure it out like there's no other really option there's no solution like you, everyone's gonna figure out the next step until you get to where you're supposed to get to whether like maybe you spend few a bit of time in the wrong place so be it you know but mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna get to where you're supposed to get to gonna, like, settle down where you're supposed to settle down and yeah i'm I'm pumped though what i'm really excited for is like in like 20 years looking back and be like holy shit this person lives in that continent that person that i yeah. went to class lives in that country like I can't reunions. wait to see everyone I can't wait to see how much like spread and be like, holy shit, how did you end up in Japan? Like tell me the story. Like how did how did you go from U of A to Japan? Like what happened? You gotta pivot. Um today's awkward. episode of business buzzwords, Oh uh, yeah. 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 No, since we are we are, you know, this is this January has been an unprecedented January, you know, nothing like it before. So
0: that's we, another sure good word. Have to we sure do have to do it. We sure do have Unprecedented. True.
2: True. Now wait ah. for precedented times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> Everybody, I just, to, today we gather in extremely <laughs> precedented times. Uh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Never. That never
1: is such a funny thing.
0: That's like you know how everybody's everybody's talking about feeling discombobulated. You ever just feel like perfectly combobulated? <laughs> like you're you're never you're standing never. there, and be like, wow, I am surprisingly combobulated right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Joined by John and Ngoni from the Move Team, which is a real estate group here in Edmonton. Uh, John is a seasoned veteran in the industry, and Ngoni is the new kid on the block. Uh, we have a lot of fun conversations about just the industry in general, how marketing works within the industry, how COVID is maybe going to change that, if at all, for the good, for the bad. Uh, And then we're going to finish off with a fun little game. Uh, We know they're competitive guys, and and we know they're going to have fun with it.
3: You guys have a
1: busy day today? I know the real estate
4: thing is kind of nonstop, but... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really stop. I think the has got a lot going on tonight.
5: Yeah, Yeah. 4 p.m. and like 10 showings tomorrow. So, yeah, like John said, it it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. No, I can I can
1: definitely understand that. I remember practicing rugby with John, because for those who don't know, Johnny's my coach, and we played together too. This guy would literally practice with his Apple Watch on and take calls in the middle of practice. <laughs> it doesn't stop. <laughs> multitasking at its finest. Holy. That would make a tackle get up and answer a call. Just like
4: be like, on his phone, <laughs> like, yelling at somebody, somebody else, yeah. or something else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can you just please hold for a second? Hey, get up, stop being lazy. Yeah, sorry, yeah,
4: pretty much. <laughs> no, no, it was the other way around, man. I was yelling at this guy, and they like, actually got hold on, hold on, and then I yell at this guy, What are you talking about? You can't make that deal happen. What are you talking about? I
1: guess before we get into like how crazy the real estate life is. I guess both of you can give us a bit of a background, you know, how you got into the game. I know John, a little bit about you, but if you can let the listeners know. um, Yeah. Just like school to now, like how you ended up um, in real estate.
4: Yeah. uh, I'll go first. Um, So for me, it was from, I was young. I was doing like even high school, I was doing trade jobs. So anything that you didn't need a ticket for, I did. So if it was just, you know, a little bit of framing and demolition, it was in drywall, I did concrete. So I have experience in, doing all those on hands, and then uh, my dad started me young with working with his renovations so he did like uh, renovating he always renovates his his uh, businesses bars and then he also has a home renovation home building company um, stone river developments so he does a few projects a year and he started me off uh, sweeping the floors for him and then transitioned me into sweeping the floors for my cousin's company uh, who they build like 40 plus homes a year in the city here so then you know you go into uh you don't really realize it but you go into a house that's like just be starting being built and then in the middle and then at the end all within an hour because you're you're making sure they're clean you're making sure everything's going right so um got a lot of exposure into houses and the guts of houses and what what it takes to build them uh then from there I finished high school um and I went into construction engineering at Nate uh did that it's more of a program and like program project management course so they teach you a bit about construction more commercial industrial side not so much residential but then really how to like run um, a team a company anything they teach you kind of more program project management based courses and then from there I worked as a superintendent for my cousin's company again for about three years Uh, I was building 40 to 50 homes a year for him Um, and then I was kind of doing a little bit of uh, in the show home stuff for them little bit of floating and helping them out when I could and then I was doing the real estate course on the side then finished the real estate course got into real estate uh one year of real estate and home building which I realized you couldn't do one or the other and then after that it was full-time real estate and uh yeah just been tearing up every year since just doing more and more volume growing the team more and stuff like that so solo agent and then into start of the team
1: um i guess i guess before we get into ingoni's uh, story like maybe you could tell us like when you realized that real estate was going to be the thing like, when when you chose to do the course like when when did that kind of click for you
4: yeah i knew i was gonna do real estate even before i went to nate so i just really? felt like yeah i just felt like you're coming out of nate actually coming out of high school and then i did a year of center high because when i was high school i did sports so <laughs> did a year of center high so coming out of high school at 19 I looked at, uh, I'm like, who's going to buy a house off a 19-year-old doesn't do anything, doesn't know anything, right? That's what they're going to look at it. Even though I did know probably more than they did about houses from like all the the time I spent in them to that point, but no one's trusting the biggest investment in life with a 19-year-old with no education, like not a formal education, doesn't own a house of their own, never bought a house of their own, never been approved or even tried to get a mortgage. So I think it was like a stopgap for me to go get some experience and then. Um, I knew construction engineering was is such a good course that as far as like jobs here, uh, there you can get a job anywhere. So if I failed at real estate, I could go be, you know, get into project management somewhere north or across the country or in the US. I have lots of friends who are in the course that are all over the world now doing project management. So Right. Yeah. And and Nate
0: has and Nate has some of those courses that are a little more like practical practical based in like the the kind of uh programs that they that they offer right because they also have a business program so i guess were you just Mm -hmm. looking for kind of like a different angle or something that you could also use in your real estate like what what was
4: i just wasn't looking into business i i think like business programs for me i don't know i've never done a business program so from someone outside looking in i think that you can learn more doing business than being in a business program like I don't yes, think I need to be in a business program, then I could just do my own business. I can't learn, I feel like I can't learn program management, project management and how to build teams, how to build systems and structures and run things on timelines and stuff like that. Like that was something I needed at, at uh, construction engineering. And then also construction engineering, if you're looking at it at Nate, like in that gamut of of uh, courses they offer, there's like architectural tech where you work for architects. And then there's civil techs where you work for civil engines. Uh, in the construction engine, there's no like construction engineer that doesn't exist It's not an engineer that you can go into so you those people were competing for positions with civil engineers from the u of a so like i felt like if i was in that course and i had to go that direction i would have like more of a safety net and then uh it's it's a little bit different like nate's courses there's like nine in the semester so it was very much like high school and you're like you're in there from 8 a.m to 4 p.m and then you're doing like a million tasks all night that's pretty much all we did for two years. We just live at the they called it the docks And Nate. He lived at the docks and that was it. So it wasn't like a, U of a course where you know you know you, you get a little bit more of a spaces between class schedules. But I'm sure the content wasn't as um like in depth. Like you didn't go as deep in the content, but just so much of it. It's a different mm-hmm. approach.
0: Let's get a let's get an introduction from you too, and Goni, you've been uh, you've been sitting patiently. Give us a little bit Uh, your backstory and where you started and how you ended up uh, in real estate.
5: Yeah. So um, I actually went to the university for geology uh, at U of S and when I graduated, the oil economy was down. So I was trying to come back and, you know, go do the whole engineering geology route, uh, oil and gas fields. Uh, So there's no jobs at the time. Um, and then I went to work in a warehouse, that was my university job at the time. So I was working a night shift in the warehouse, you know, grueling hours, quarter of life was just, it was tough. Um, and then I tried to, you know, get a promotion, move up into sales, something a little bit more cushion. And there was just so much red tape. You know, there was, give me the runaround. Um, and looking at back at it, that was actually, you know, one of the biggest blessings. Cause it, you know, it led me to have the conversation uh, with John and I remember this, Conversation clearly, we went to Remedy Cafe and he was breaking down, you know, what it entails. And I, I remember trying to, I don't know how to ask him, like, so, you know, if I do this, can I, you know, can I, can I join your team? And I remember uh, he said it, he's like, get the course done and you have a guaranteed spot on my team. And even like, you know, like just having that type of backing, you know, it, it gave me the, the confidence uh, to go uh, full speed. So... Two years ago, I started working on the course. Um, John was able to get me into a a show home to get some experience. So I was uh, doing my uh, real estate course, working the show home, still working uh, on the night shift warehouse. Um, And then we had set a date when we're going to make the leap. And that was actually last year in March when when COVID hit. And same thing, you know, uh, do you do it? Do you not do it? Um, and then, luckily, once again, you know, having, uh, you know, John's one of my oldest friends and having that backing, you know, I, I took that plunge. And, you know, almost a year later, um, you know, to this day, best decision I ever made. And, you know, here we are.
1: Nice. I was going to ask how you guys, like, ended up crossing paths, but you say your guys were, like, old friends?
5: Yeah, yeah we're, we're wow. boys from school. We played rugby together. Like, it's, it's just like, you went real estate, I went geology, but we were boys the whole time yeah
1: oh. what's it like working together you guys can be honest like what's it like working with your boy
5: <laughs> oh man i i think it's fun man i don't know what john will say but i i, I think it's fun man you know it's this business time you know and then there's playtime but uh i think uh you know we have the same mindset so it's kind of you know, we're able to to run the same way John what do you think
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a cookout every day every time this guy gets in the room it's just it's just frying him up all the time <laughs> but, but no it's good like it's like I'm it's tough because like even Nagoni tells me he's like there's like two of you there's two different people it's like I'm dealing with the business one and then like on a snap you could be like friend john right away like we could be like super super serious and talking business and delivering like value and knowledge and then all of a sudden it could be like cooking cooking up our other buddies in the office whatever it is you know roasting on people a little bit so it's a good dynamic and i think that's kind of like our whole team's culture and that's why we have such um like a team with like longevity like we have lots of people who it's not like a revolving door um, real estate teams the word team is such a buzzword And in our industry, it's like so easily used, and there's people just come and go, come and go, come and go through teams. A month, two months, they're gone sometimes, but nobody really leaves our team if they're not if they haven't left the industry. So we've had people leave, but most everyone who's left our team has left the industry. They just real estate wasn't for them.
2: Wow, that's a good sign. uh
4: yeah
5: yep, not bad <laughs> into it you know, be, being a new agent on what john said and it's like you know you, you you start out and you don't realize how intense the learning curve is like it is monumental um and then you know john does a great job of like you know he's there with you the whole process you know our trainings it's you know it's second to none so you you're not as outside in the cold as you mm-hmm. already start by yourself so then it's you know you, you want to stay because like you said it's fun in the office and uh you know it's uh it's a good time it's a good time it's a big learning
4: curve if you know that there's a learning curve right that's the problem like real estate it's uh you do the course and the course is like just module all this work so there's 10 modules an exam and then another 10 modules and another exam and after that they're like here's your key fob you can get into any house you want <laughs> oh and yeah just go sell like and that's the extent of the training the course is basically a big scare tactic. It's here's are the rules. Here's everything you can't do. Here's what will happen if you do those things. And it never says one thing. It's like, here's how you do real estate. Here's how you make a business. Here's how you engage clients, how you convert clients. Like there's none of that. So it's, uh, if, it's a big learning curve and Nagoni says it, but he started on my team. If he was started somewhere else and then joined the team, it, 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 he would see like what the industry standard is like that's, like it's a very very low bar and the barrier to entry in our industry is also very low it should be higher in my opinion but it's a very low barrier to entry it's interesting you say that because
1: i hear people say that like getting into real estate is like super high risk and a lot of people don't want to do it like you say there's like it's a pretty high like revolving door like people just like in and out every few months and I've, I've even hear yeah. people tell me that like if you don't have like six months of savings don't get into real estate because if you don't sell in those six months like you gotta be able to like take care of yourself so
4: if you're not on a team, you definitely need six, like six months worth of like living expenses. If you're not on a team, plus you can build the market yourself. Like my first year going into real estate, I had 60K in my pocket and I did like six or seven deals. That's what the average real estate agent will do in our market is around that six to seven deals a year. So there's always people who are doing none and there's people doing a hundred and it still averages out very low at that six to seven. So that top two percent of realtors out of like the three thousand to thirty three hundred somewhere in their realtors is very small. There's like fifty to sixty realtors who are like really hit that next level tier. And there's probably like a good couple hundred behind them. And then there's a couple thousand behind that who are just not doing anything really. Um but yeah the barrier to entry like if if you're not joining a team you definitely would need like six months to of just living expenses at least because like even just the, the point of cultivation like you get your license and say even if you meet somebody the very next day who wants to work with you and buy a house they could be shopping for a house for three months and then you you do the purchase agreement you have a, a conditional period on the purchase which is usually about two weeks so you're not three and a half months right now and then it could be a 60 days until possession until the seller can move out and the buyer can move in so you're at five and a half months and then you might get paid on that day or up to two weeks from that day, so you don't get a paycheck until the deal closes until the buyer gets the keys and like that's a that's a huge risk and if that's if you get a client on day one and they only shop for three months in our in our market people shop for twelve plus months easily like I have multiple buyers right now that I've met that I'm working with consistently that I met over a year and a half ago, and they're still shopping so it's like that's how probably- can you you can't gauge it
1: yeah there's probably people who like shop 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 like nah we're not gonna buy it anymore and just like just cut it right there right You like there's those, definitely those people months, who do that
4: yeah, yeah those definitely. months that you put
1: in those months you put in like you get nothing out of it right other than
4: i guess the experience there's also the people who shop 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 and then do a deal somewhere else and then you're out in the cold you do all that work and you got nothing so mm-hmm. that's a, that's the worst case scenario like if yeah. they don't buy you know, there's always the opportunity to add value to their life and to and to stay in touch with them and stuff like that. Maybe they buy in three or four years, but if they buy and you're off and you're out of that side of it, then you're just wasting all that time and like the, the amount of hours you could that vulnerable hours for us is like crazy. But our yeah yeah the industry does not have a high enough barrier to entry in my opinion. Like all you need is a, a high school diploma or equivalency, um, no criminal record, and English speaking as a language and that one is a loose requirement too so it's it makes it sometimes challenging but
5: yes yeah, like 70 percent of realtors don't survive the first year and i think it's like wow. 85 87 yeah, it's like 80
4: 86 percent wow. fail yeah. in the first year and then a, and then a further it was a further seven percent fail within the next year the second year
0: what's this difference between being on a team and not being on a team like are there solo realtors what does that what does that mean?
4: Yeah, majority majority of the realtors are solo. Like, and there's a couple ways to get in the industry. Like, there's the solo way. So you just and that's how I started. Which is like, if I had an opportunity to go back in time, I wouldn't have started as a solo agent. Like having a team now, even the, what I would have learned from their team lead about running a team, I would have it would have helped me now. But you know, I was stubborn. I thought, you know, I'm gonna do some renovations with my family and some houses. With my family's so gonna give me some listings, and then if I if I sell those houses, why should I have to give money commission splits away to the team? Um, but I didn't realize that I wasn't going to do much of those deals as I thought I was, and that the team would have gave me some some leads to at least grind my teeth on and try and you know try and learn something. So I had to learn like literally everything, and that's what most solo agents do is they have to learn literally everything. But I went into it with the like I said a 60k flow. So I did. I went in with 60k. I did about seven deals. Um after like we when we start the year, we're 20k in the hole. Like with board expenses and remax, like January 1st, we're negative 20k every year. So like the 60k I started with plus the six, seven deals I did, I think I made like um 35 grand off those six, seven deals. So, so so imagine I had like 95 grand throughout the year and everything I spent money on trying board expenses, everything like that, I ended the year with only 15 in my pocket. So with living with the money i made and with all the expenses that we have i only had 15 left going into my second year
5: and even started on on, uh, john on his first year going solo like he did seven on his first year by himself you know i started last year on a team you know with the guidance and it's like less than a year i did 15 so then it's like you're able well you did that
4: that's that's not even less than a year like if you look at your statistic like you got your license the first week of March, second week of March, COVID locked us down like the third week of March. And then you really couldn't establish any ground until we got our first break from uh, quarantine. So like what you did was in June to, to December, not, not March to December, right? Like, and that's, and that's an anomaly, like that's not-
0: Yes, sir. That's a one-time thing, yes. right?
4: That didn't <laughs> happen before. So, but if he had a full year, like if he had, if he had March, April, May, if you, you can extrapolate that, like divide out the months by the amount of deals he did and multiply it by three more months and, you, you know, whatever he can get. And that's you know, what happens
5: being on a team, right? Because it's like, again, everything I don't know, it's a phone call away. And, you know, John's on his phone like that. You call him any time of the day, he's, he's back to you. So, you know, clients trust you much quicker. The process becomes much shorter because you have that backing. So you're actually able to push the pace and be able to do the, the 15, the 20. If I was there by myself, it would have been, you know, what day is it? What time is it? And you're just going around in circles.
1: So pretty much you're expecting uh, big, big things this next year, right? ain't going Angoni? look for, for – <laughs> He's cooking. Belts. He's cooking. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a good year. See this guy's,
4: with this guy's hustle, there's no way he can't get there, man. You don't even see this guy. So to answer Alice's questions, yeah, so you can go in as a solo agent, you can go in as a team, or you can go in as like a mentor type. Uh, so there would be like a, say there's an agent like me who's high producing, and I was a solo agent, and I needed someone to help me with showings or help me with some appointments, I'm too busy. You could come in as a mentor, as a mentor um, to me, and then kind of learn for a year or two and then go off as a solo. So those are kind of like the three ways people get into the business. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing, and like I said, is for joining the team is you get that, uh, you know, the culture um, the leads accountability, the systems and the strategies all kind of uh, embedded into the team for for you to grow and I, we call it class so we say culture leads accountability systems, and strategies you got class um, and that's that's kind of like what our structure of our team's built of, off of but and I said before there's a buzzword for teams there's also like if there's one good team they' probably probably five teams that don't do anything for their agents and they just take commission splits they do nothing for their agency you could come and spend a week with us and you spend a week with somebody else and you see the difference and they just take commission splits so there's people still in it like in any industry taking advantage of other people's work
0: right? so i want to i want to talk a little bit further then about um sort of like the the move team and their relationship with with remax and how teams sort of work under like yeah, sure. in, within the industry and, and why yours is different than others and like what you guys are doing doing more
4: sure so i can be like um i'll talk, start with the brokerage so anybody who has a real estate license you got to be at a brokerage and your brokerages are your remaxes your century 21s all those types of names that you hear um, not all remaxes are the same so there's in our city for example, there's REMAX Elite, REMAX River City, uh, REMAX Excellence, REMAX Real Estate. There's a few, there's like four or five different ones. They're all different ownership groups. So someone owns that REMAX brokerage and you sign up under whichever one you want. Yes, you get the REMAX, but you're, there's a sub name that means you're with that particular brokerage. So we're at REMAX Elite, for example. Um, it makes no difference if we were another REMAX. Uh, to me, I like it. It sounds better. Like. Remax, we sound like an elite branch of Remax, which is like marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And depending on your interpretation, like you're not wrong because we are a branch of Remax, and we are Remax elite. So you are technically an elite bra- branch of Remax, but we're not different
3: mm-hmm. than Remax
4: Real Estate. You know, they could be, you know, they could be better, which they're not. Our brokerage does the highest sales in the city, but they're if they could be, if they were that. one. So right. to be an agent, you gotta be an, under a brokerage. Um, you could be Remax and then a solo agent, or you could be Remax with a team and then the agent in the team. So if you kind of just look and, at it And like that's that. what you guys fall into right now. You guys are yeah, like the that's what team we fall under
0: into. Remax Elite and you guys are, are agents within that.
4: Correct. Correct. And most teams, Thanks. like you see, they're like the John Rota team, like John Rota Realty Group or something. Right. But like ours has a name that's more of like, we're trying to brand like a, a specific brand, not just a specific person. Um, and that's a whole bunch of reasons for that, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's everybody under the move team. We're on the umbrella there. There's 12 of us. Do you do you want
0: to dive into a, a few of those reasons about why it's it's more beneficial to to brand yourself as a, a team with a separate name rather than just under a single person?
5: I can yeah. think of one, um, the John Rota team and then I show up, people will be like, you're not John Rota. So right away, they feel like they're getting, you know, not the guy. It, it.
4: Yeah, right, you, it, right.
5: um, yeah. This is the and this is a
4: common thing for teams that that are named after the lead. Um, the lead is always on vacation. You call the John Rota team and it's like, yeah, that guy's on vacation, but we can send Nagoni right now, right? And that, that guy's always on vacation. Doesn't matter who you are or when you call, he's on vacation, right? So that that's like the biggest, like the easiest way to get past that objection with those types of teams. But yeah, for me, I think uh, it's me and I actually own the team with my partner Nick. Um, so I have a partnership. We own the team together. I am the lead but yeah we are partners in the team Um, and we didn't want to name it like John and Nick show or whatever you want however you want to name it Uh, just for that type of reason also for like building longevity within our team I think people do like they'll come to a point where like yes the the training and the leads and the accountability is all great for them but eventually they'll get to a point where like They did say 40 deals one year, the next year they did 40. And it's like, what's the next thing? If I'm consistently doing 40 deals, how can I stay challenged? And I think if we don't give them an opportunity to establish themselves aside from the team and with the team, then they'll leave to just challenge themselves. It's not about the money or the transactions anymore. It's just the challenge. And that's how I I operate. Like for me, it's not about the dollars, it's about like the challenge to make sure that I'm actually like motivated to keep going. Right. So I think it helps stem longevity because like Nagoni, for example, he gets to be four years in the business. He's Nagoni, he starts making his brand, doing more videos, getting out there, and he's like with Nagoni, with Move Team, or it's Nagoni with John Rhoda. Right. Kind of seems it doesn't, it seems like he's branding me, but not branding him. Mm-hmm. And then with we've put so much work into branding the team name, with everyone who brands the team name, everyone adds to it. So the team name grows. Uh, so right. marketing-wise, that's the big thing. Culture-wise, I think it promotes longevity, and uh, I think it makes people want to stay. Um, you don't have, you know, you have your name on the sign. You don't have my name next year, something like that. So there's, you feel some pride there. And then from a business standpoint, like from a straight business mindset, uh, Move Team is a sellable asset. Like I, we grow that brand, I have that company and all that, all the marketing or the marketing and the trade printing, and all that. If I decide to stop real estate tomorrow, I could sell that asset. It has a brand. It has something. If I, I can't sell my me, right? John wrote a real estate. I can't be like here. I want to sell this, then they, people could run my comp, run a, my company after I sell it to them, and they could run it poorly using my name behind it. Then I have a bad name. So anything that I do oh. after that, it's a bad name.
1: So on on, <laughs> on paper, is the move team like its own business? Like because the way you started it, started yeah. as a business. It's incorporating it. Yeah. Yeah. You could sell it as a business and everything too.
4: Yeah, it's incorporated. We have all the trade, uh, trademarking and stuff like that. Um, and we have, like, obviously, own all the domains. And I have, like, 30 domains that sound similar to it. So, yeah, everything is owned by the Move team. It's incorporated as a separate entity. So, it is a yeah. syllable asset. So, Remax Lee Any- has no ownership on it. No, no, just Nick and I have ownership of that. So, like, if, being a partnership, we could buy each other out, right? Like, for example, if one day down the road, you know i wanted to quit real estate nick wanted to keep going with this thing he could buy me out and it could still be the move team and there's nothing no bump in the road but if he buys out you know if it's john and nick show and he buys out john then it's, and it still says john and nick show and people are calling for john john's not there just you know there's a there's like an awkward objection conversation that needs to be had almost every time then so from a business standpoint that's what i did like that more but it was more based for the culture but the business was a bonus
5: and it's good too, like uh, looking at like, you know, Move Team. I'm able to like develop my own brand because I still have my own sphere and Instagram. So those people are there for me. So it's like when it's the Move Team and it's Negoni, it's 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 trust. And then I don't have that weird was like yeah, let me you know let me let me call the guy and like John said he's on vacation. And even the way uh, John has it set up and it's like he lets you develop your brand how you want to do it, you know. So it's like he lets you have complete control how you want to represent your brand. So you're able to just. You know, if it makes sense and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's go have at it. And, you know, you have the same freedom as to, you know, like I, I yeah, that's, that's what I like about it as well. So,
0: so and we'll come, we'll, we'll stay on this for a little bit. Obviously you've had an absolutely banging uh, first year at it. Um, and I, I guess we wanted to know a little bit about like, what's the, we, we wanted to know like what the approach your team makes with like marketing um i guess like individual properties or marketing yourself as an agent um but also i guess i i, I want to start with like maybe your individual approach to like how do you when you think about marketing your yourself and and all that like what is what is your approach with it
5: um well it's again it's a uh, part of the systems that we have on the team you know we have a, a social media marketing uh, lady and she's phenomenal So she's like, she's an expert at what she does. So, you you know, you sit down with her, you sit down with John, and then they ask you, what do you want it to look like? And then you just give their ideas. And then from then on, you kind of piece out uh, the roadmap um, with your marketing. Um, I I like yoga. So I kind of focus on the things that I like. And then again, because, you know, they don't try to control how your brand looks, I'm able to explore it fully. And they just want to, you know, the support that how does it make sense? And how does it tie back into real estate? which is, you know, um, you know, my actual passion and why I do it. So, so maybe,
1: maybe you could speak more, maybe John more so like on like the, the move team brand and what move team represents and, and what, like, cause you put, you put the brand together, right. So, okay. so tell, tell us like what you wanted it to, to kind of convey and what your, your purpose with like the branding was with move team.
4: I wanted it to be like just in the initial branding and, and logoing and stuff like that. I wanted it to be like younger, feel like a, a more clean cut feel. I wanted it to feel just like it would feel like working with us. So if it feels like working with us is super easy, super efficient, really clean processes. So I wanted like even from the logo to try and portray just that. So that was like from the from the first thing in the design and then going into our marketing. Um, when I started off, there's a lot of people selling realtors stuff. Like, I get multiple calls in a week where it's like, hey, I have leads to sell for you, or hey, I'm a marketer for realtors and I can market for you and do SEO and all this stuff. Um, for me, it's just there's so much of that stuff happening in the space. So, a lot of what we do for like advertising, we don't do any mailers, we don't do any like bus benches and stuff like that. Um, almost none of our marketing is outdoor advertising. I did once have a uh, billboard up, but it was such a good deal, I couldn't turn it away. That was all. We never got it that. again because the guy raised the price. So I said no. But it was on Gateway, right? Uh, yeah, it was on Gateway. Yeah, we, we couldn't negotiate just, a new price. So Mo's a big
1: fan. It. Just
4: Mo's imagine, big fan of that. Imagine
1: was. John's face. I'm just the biggest billboard like, in Gateway. It was the funniest thing.
4: Forty-eight feet wide by fourteen feet tall of just my mug. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best, <laughs> best board you ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> we shipped it to New York. I think it's wrapped on some building in New York now. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I know that's the marketing. Um, like the idea and the premise is just to communicate that trust, communicate that, you know, we're hustling, we're young, we're we're ambitious, we want to get things done for you. Um, we want to leave you with a great feeling at the end of the day. Uh, we're trying to get those, you know, trying to help you in those houses, trying to promote those five star Google reviews. Uh our approach has been mostly uh Google Pay-per-click because I don't, I don't believe in SEO. I think it's a, I think it's a long, a very long game when you have to spend a lot of money and I don't trust the people who do them. Like I don't know somebody that I trust that does it. So I don't trust, Like I won't use somebody I don't know for it because it's like, oh yeah, for $1,250 a month, I can do your SEO. I'm like, in my mind, I know what SEO entails. You're probably working for 30 minutes that month. Like you're, you're not going to actually like how, where's my KPIs? Like, how do I know that you're, that you're going to meet any kind of metrics he just says i'll do the seo and in 12 months you'll be in the top three of google i'm impossible like there's so many people in real estate doing that have been doing it for so much longer how am i going to be in the top three so i i've mainly focused on our pay-per-click with our with our ad spend because with pay-per-click and the same amount of spend i know exactly how much our cost per lead is on pay-per-click and i can say if i need x amount of leads it just turn up the tap on the spending Right. So, for us in real estate, we found a lot more success with pay-per-click uh, classified ads and then uh, social media ads off our listings. We do uh, most of almost all of our listings at a video, and then the video goes on social media. The video hooks people to get to the website. The photos keep them there. We have high-resolution re- high photos that keep them there, and then they end up filling out a lead form, and then we convert them through our conversion process, which is pretty in-depth, too. So, I don't know if that's kind of what you're asking, Mo, but.
1: Oh yeah for sure for sure I I I think I started off just like trying to get an understanding of like, the move team brand and what you're present but I like how we went into the specifics and stuff because I wanted to get a better idea of like from from the outside looking it looks like the move team is very like marketing focused. like that's like probably like, seems to me like it's like one of the the main things you guys want to focus on so I wanted to get a better idea of just like how important it is to the move team like how much you invest in it in terms of like all your expenses like is, is marketing like up there as number one Is like what you guys are spending on to, to kind of get a return on that investment?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, marketing is probably our biggest spend. If I look at my expenses at the end of the year and just kind of, we break them out and just kind of generalize them, everything that would entail into the marketing budget is definitely the highest budget we spend at the end of every year. So like even just taking, it doesn't matter if you have a $200,000 condo or a million dollar home, it's getting photos, videos and a 3D tour. Like an artificial 3D tour. Actually, before COVID, like 3D tours are all all what everybody wants now, right? Because with COVID, people don't want to go to people's houses. But I bought the camera three and a half years ago, and it was it just made sense. It just made financial sense. The camera was twelve thousand dollars, but to get a 3D tour done starts at three hundred dollars just for one tour. So I'm like, if I do fifty listings in a year, I can buy two of these cameras. Why do I pay these companies for three hundred dollars a shoot, right? So yeah, we have, we've been doing the 3D tour thing for a long time. Um, and yeah, all that stuff is marketing focused. And there's a reason for it. Like there's a whole plan for the from the video to the advertising behind the video on YouTube, on Google, on uh, social media, and then to the photos that keep them there, that get the lead form filled out. And then to now with the 3D tour, trying to like, the initial thought with the 3D tour is to qualify like relocation buyers, military buyers, people who are out of town that couldn't see houses in person. So it's trying to warm them up with, trying to offer some value and send them houses to click through. But now it's because people are not wanting to go in so many houses. So if there's a 3D tour available, we'll try and convert them with, like, kind of qualify them for that house more with 3 tour and then bring them to the actual house. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of spend on marketing. Um, obviously, our marketing manager, we do a lot of photography for, like, um, like the team. We do a lot of, like, personal photography shoots, uh, personal video shoots. Uh, we just did a – we just launched a project that – what we did was we videoed 126 of the top selling neighborhoods in and around Edmonton. So if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see a neighborhood tour series and there's 126 different videos for specific neighborhoods in Edmonton. And that was like, we had the neighborhoods researched, then scripted, then recorded and shot. And then we voiceovered them with our, with the dialogue and then cut the videos and post posting them like once a week as content they're in our email newsletter with our with our e-town eats with like some of the series that i'm doing now i'm doing a home innovation series i'm doing an eight episode series or 10 episode series on that something like that and then we're doing a new home build from start to finish series so constantly just branding like that lots of video but no outdoor print like if you look around a lot of realtors are still sending flyers like tons of flyers it's just not what we do we just don't do flyers I might too. have
0: to I might have to start checking out some of those series. I I've lost cable recently, so my HGTV like I have this craving that I need to meet. So, <laughs> yes. I might I might have to go check that out because that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds that sounds great. Yeah, there's a lot
4: there. You can see all my bad videos and then you can see them get worse over time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is is this is this focus on on marketing and having it being one of like the biggest elements is that kind of like standard? In the industry because it I, I imagine it's no because it, no. it seems like it'd be quite a saturated space and you'd want to find a way to differentiate yourself um as much as possible but it's really that's not it.
4: eh? that's how we're doing it <laughs> and that, was, that, that was exactly why we're doing it now that that's yeah you're, it's not saturated like it's the people are not doing the marketing like we're doing it's just the agents are not doing this and then Most of the time, like if you're looking at like per listing, like we're talking about the move team brand, they're not spending as much on their personal brands as we are. They're not even spending the time or effort. Like there's the equity and the sweat equity. They're not spending the sweat equity to even get to the point where they're like, okay, well, this is how much I have to actually, actually spend money-wise to do this. So it comes with the effort. It comes with the hustle first. And then from like a a listing standpoint, like how we market the homes, um, it all comes down to the commissions that you get from the seller. Because every commission, you know, there's a standard in the industry, but everybody wants a discount. And there's only so much you can do to to the point where you're working for free. So sellers, in some cases, shoot themselves in the foot for the marketing of their homes when they want to when they don't want to pay for the commissions. I don't know if that makes sense. So some some realtors are limited by that. There's like discount brokerages and stuff like that you can go to, so they don't. I wouldn't expect to see anything like that from them
2: really interesting I mean I don't know if I'm just young but that's kind of what I always think just like driving and seeing these billboards for just random real estate companies I'm like who is really just like driving and is like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna take down their phone number and call them right away like I don't know if it's just because things have changed or I'm just more internet oriented than some other people but it really does seem that kind of like that external advertising and billboards and benches and things like that is really just kind of old school and I don't know how effective it really is anymore
0: yeah it's like yeah. there but it doesn't really doesn't really say anything hey because I feel like yeah. I've always grown up seeing like random faces everywhere and zero
4: takeaways zero yeah. takeaways from <laughs> any of it
0: exactly I mean, Mo,
4: Mo how long do you think you're laughing at my billboard for like two years it was up something like oh, that oh I loved it I loved it oh, <laughs> so, good. so so good to to your to your point uh janea is that i had one real estate related phone call in two years off that board yeah that was that's the arguably the best board in the city (laughs) and i had one call in two years like it has to be the way that calgary trail turns and it curves it hits you right in the mouth and then in rush hour you're in a parking lot right in front of it like you can't like it or not (laughs) like it or not john is there (laughs) you can't do nothing there's no escape every red light they move five cars forward and there's like you could be like in a 20 car lineup you could see me for like 10 minutes and maybe that's why they didn't call (laughs)
1: maybe putting your face on there was a bad eh, (laughs) (laughs) movie
4: but had to put me up there somewhere (laughs) No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, you're you're right, Janine. I don't I don't think you get a lot. There is a place for that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's with a whole marketing plan and it's called like in real estate it's geographical farming. So for mm-hmm. example, if I if I wanted to farm my neighborhood Otwell where I live, I would it would be flyers to the neighborhood one to two times a month. It'd be involved with the community league, community events, helping organize mm-hmm. and sponsor those things, donating. Um, it'd be bus benches in the neighborhood if there was a billboard going into the neighborhood from a major roadway it'd be getting that billboard and then it'd be doing open houses in that neighborhood at least every second weekend and then it'd be door knocking every door in that neighborhood at least every quarter so it's like you can do geographical farming and that could be like your whole source of business there's Mm -hmm. there's realtors who do that in the city and they're really successful in those neighborhoods and they do a really good job of it but if you're not going to geo farm for me, I just don't see the point. If I put like a bus band, two on the North side, one on the South side, and three in the West and like, yeah, let's get some leads. Like it's not going to yeah. happen.
0: Right. It's, it's kind of an all or nothing approach with, with yeah. the two, the two methods.
4: Yeah. You're all in on geo farming. If you're doing it, like you don't have time for nothing else. <laughs> and you don't see like an ROI, like 12 to 16 months. You got to do something in real estate for at least 12 months. Like if once we commit to doing something, it's 12 months minimum. Yeah, because you know, we probably won't see an ROI until at least uh, around that time.
2: Moving a, a little bit forward, I'm really interested to hear how like the pandemic has shifted what you do, even just from like a sales perspective and just kind of one on one with clients, like what that looks like. What's it like having to wear a mask and trying to sell a house? Like, I'm really interested to hear.
5: I mean. See, the, the nice thing about us is like it's usually you and the couple. So it's mm-hmm. not that people to begin with. Um, and then, you know, with the masks, you know, you usually carry a couple extra ones. You have some hand sanitizer. Um, you know, our board has us filling in uh, the COVID disclosure forms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sellers have certain instructions. So we just make the adjustments. Um, and it's all about meeting people where they're at. So some people are uncomfortable. these kind of want to, you know, stay at home. So if they need a 3D tour, it's available. We provide that. Uh, If it's not there, sometimes we'll go into the house and just FaceTime.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. And yeah, it's about meeting people where they're at. And you're still helping people buy homes. So you don't want to force anyone or have them feel uncomfortable. So if they're ready and they're willing to move, you know, we're there for them. And if not, you know, we'll just uh, put it on pause. Uh, But with the pandemic, everyone's at home. Mm -hmm. So then everyone's forced to look at their space. So If if you were working and, you know, your wife is, you know, in your ear, your kids right here, it's like, this is not enough space. So people are looking to upgrade and kind of get something bigger with a little bit more space. So um, we're finding we're definitely busier uh, this time around. Um, And then, you know, people didn't travel over the holidays. So disposable income was still higher. Uh, So usually February, the slow months, but now we're still, you know, busy day, busy tomorrow, busy Sunday, and we're, we're cooking. So, you know, spring and summer, I can only imagine what that's going to look like.
2: Yeah. You
5: know? yeah.
4: yeah. Every, saying, every month, every month since COVID, the first quarantine broke off was better than any, any month, previous five years of that month.
2: Wow. Like we've,
4: we've been having like tremendous amount of sales. And, you know, for me, like I struggle with because I see a lot of people are like, know on on CERB and they lost their jobs and all this kind of stuff so we haven't really been like flaunting like oh yeah we've had our best year ever because Mm -hmm. everybody a lot of people are having their worst year ever so we haven't really been flaunting but like if we were asked yes we've had our best year ever last year and it was and it was because of COVID like the thing what happened is that like nothing happened during spring because everyone was at home Mm -hmm. and everyone has like this preconceived time frame of when they're going to make this move so I'm thinking two years ago, I'm going to move spring 2020. That's when I want to do it. It's perfect time for me. But then I get locked down. So my plans get shifted into summer 2020, plus the people who already wanted to buy in summer 2020. Mm -hmm. So what happened, we had a double batch of buyers wanting to move at the same time. And then I think the rest of the people just got motivated by, you know, a couple of things like, hey, I still have a job right now. So I want to make this move and get this house before I don't have a job. Or if it if it goes away. Um, and also like the going, people are sitting at home. They're like, this is not enough space for me. Um, I want I want something bigger. And we also we were talking the other day with uh another guy who does a lot of like rental in Edmonton. And he was placing a lot of he places a lot of renters and he said that we're twenty percent um we have a twenty percent dip in downtown rentals right now.
2: Wow. Yeah, like, makes sense.
4: Like nobody wants to live downtown because the spaces are too small. Like there's a feeling the spaces are too small and they're not close to work. They're not walking to work anymore. Right. All the restaurants and stuff like that are open are not open. They're closed. Mm-hmm. It's just a, there's no hockey games. There's no arena. I like think nobody wants like all the polls for downtown aren't right there. So people are like, why am I going to stay stuck in this 600, 700, 800 square foot apartment so I can go buy a house in the suburbs or whatever it is, pay probably less than the rent on the mortgage and get more mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So, but I do are think people, it'll fall low yeah well yeah probably eventually
1: but I but, think next do, year yeah yeah and what, what, what's what's going to change for you guys
4: then when when it does we just got to be better we just got to <laughs> keep getting better that's it yeah. if, if it takes us if it takes us six six conversations to get someone to come see a house and next year it takes us 10 then we got to have 10 conversations that's what that is that's right. so
1: so more about what's happening now though like are people I'm, I'm just like curious about like the the buying decision and like the consumer behavior of people who are like shopping for for houses like are people just like down just to buy a house without even seeing it until the day of possession is that something that's like new Uh,
4: people really don't do that people only do that like relocation military stuff like that um Mm -hmm. or brand new builds but it's some you know like if it's like they're designing a house and it's not built yet it's still on paper um but that's still, to some degree, they've seen something from the builder. They've seen their show home, even if it's not the exact same house, or they've seen a, a spec model in the neighborhood that's just sitting ready for sale. They can see their standard finishes. They can see stuff like that. So, no, not not a lot people are buying without seeing.
1: Okay. Are they are they buying at different like rates then? Are they maybe just like by the time they get in contact with you and they start talking, or is, is, the, is the process faster enough? Does it feel like they have less time? Like you said, they might be losing their jobs their
4: uncertain yeah, future definitely faster it's definitely faster yeah. everything has just gone like on overdrive since last yeah. year so if it took three months it's taken like a month and a half like it's double the time now I like cut in time in half so,
3: interesting yeah i mean yeah, but i, I do I think I it will
4: go this way for a year for this year and i think in next year it'll probably steady out because like we're, do- we're dealing with the people who have right now all the people who are moving are people who still have their jobs and have money in place we're at some point these people are going to be settled in like they are not going to be moving again for another five to ten years whatever it is and all people who aren't working right now are the people that we are going to need to buy houses are not going to be able to be approved for mortgages because you know you need x amount of work history at a certain position you need to show at least a couple months pay stubs and have a job letter that's confirming certainty and it might be challenging to get those things so i think we'll see a lull into next year so you're going to ask Alex you're going to say something
0: well I was going to say that I think when we when we wanted to bring up this topic we figured that it might become more challenging just because when you're not able to talk to someone in person if there is like physical barriers it becomes kind of like harder to connect but I guess if they if they still have that desire and if they still like are looking for that home then that that still kind of keeps things in like a positive light I guess and makes makes your job just just as easy if not a little easier
4: i mean we're able to like it's actually kind of helped us too i've done a lot of like first meetings on zoom so i'm able to scale there's no drive time in between so i'm not having to drive to the south side and meet somebody and then half an hour the north side and meet somebody else like it's zoom on and zoom off to the next one um so we have our all of our marketing uh packages have been converted to a digital version so we can share a screen walk people through it and then we do a lot of cool things like on our website we we can you can use like a polygon tool to like draw an area around a specific map that they want to live in and it's very interactive we can still make the process very interactive on zoom so yeah it's we try to adapt as best we could i'm
0: also i'm also curious because i think we found that too being students and having group projects and whatever like you're always hopping on zoom at whatever time of day works, I guess, meanwhile, before you'd be like, I'm not like, I don't have time to get there, or I don't want to be on campus at 8pm. But when you're like at home, you're at home. Um, Are these potential like first meetings on zoom? Like, is that something that you could see maybe even keeping to to kind of keep that scale up? Or is it like not worth it for like the in person benefit that you might receive?
4: It depends on the person really, like some people want to have uh they want to have a conversation about what's going to happen before they even go see a house but most times uh buyers just want to see the house like they they don't know you and it's the first time you're meeting somebody the only value so far that you have to them is opening the door to that house because they don't know you they don't like you they don't trust you yet and like what else is there they don't they can have the zoom conversation but they don't know if you know anything about nothing right so right now they came in off the listing they want to see the listing they want to see it now so it's speed to lead as fast as you can get to them and and deliver them value while you're in the meeting um just just building rapport with them getting them to like you a little bit and then we have our presentations that are um in depth but summarized so we're able to go through those people and try and build some trusts and then keep working with them from there so yeah we not a lot of people want to do the zoom thing and not a lot of people wanted to come sit down in the office and let's talk about the home buying process and let's let's get a search set up like this like rarely ever happens
0: do you uh do you guys ever get like a little bit nervous when it's somebody new and you're like oh i like i'm showing them a home i hope they like me (laughs) (laughs) be honest be honest
4: probably not for the same way that you're saying it. i get nervous that i'm gonna they're gonna say something to offend me or something and then i'm not gonna like them Ooh. Like what? Okay. Oh, there was like, the only time, like the only time that's really happened where I didn't want to work with somebody is like there was this, like an extreme racism and I just wasn't about it. And I just told him, like, I'm not, I'm not the one for you. Like, I can't. Like, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a preference and, and there's a general degree of understanding where it's like, this is what I want and this is the area I want to be in because I'm around more similar people to my community and that's okay. I'm okay with that if you want to be in a specific neighborhood because you're close to your to your community that's fine but when you say I don't want to be near certain people of another demographic and if you're using like derogatory terms or not I just I just can't sit well with me so yeah no not 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 the way that you'd think Alex not that (laughs) usually I'm Um, usually pretty good with people and well well like you're also
0: you're also a seasoned veteran too. So you know you know you know your power as a real estate as a real estate agent. You know, you know what you got and you can walk away from a, something if you really need to. But
4: yeah, that
0: might be a better Nagoni
4: question. I'm,
0: going to, you get, I'm you wondering I'm wondering how you
5: feel. Absolutely, man. You get nervous, man. It's it's like a first date every single time. You know, are you? <laughs> like you? you gonna mess That's what up? I'm
0: looking for. You yeah. got
5: the usual washroom, you know, like all these things run through your head. And uh, you know, and each time you do it, you realize they're just as nervous as you, and you're gonna fumble it. You know, it's it's never as bad as you think, but in your head, you're like, "Oh my goodness, here we go, here we go, here we go." And then, don't say like, something are you...
4: stupid. Don't say something stupid. <laughs> Goni, are you uh, are you bringing flowers on these first dates every time? Or <laughs> <you> <laughs> <laughs> i just want to get better so you tell me like i'm just trying to learn
5: oh <laughs> uh, yeah i yeah, know and like some clients you meet you know they're like your friends so it doesn't even if you guys click just like that some of them is yeah. like you know different interests and so you really feel it you're like you know but you know john always says there's a there's six different kind of people and once you've met all six you can kind of navigate almost everybody you meet pretty well
4: there's also the people that, like, there's the – I have my one and 3 rule that I always try and motivate the team by because there's, there's, there's moments where it can get very discouraging. Like, the person – you know, you put a ton of work into them and they don't convert, like we were talking about earlier. But I have the one-in-three rule where it's, like, you're new and you're to 2 years, three years in the business, you don't want to give up anybody. Like, I'm okay with letting the odd person go because I know it'll be better for either – they're or better fit for somebody else or, like, mentally – mental for me my mental it'll be better for me not to deal with those people like we just don't jive and i'm okay letting them go because i know i can find three other people who with the same amount of effort that i put into that one person that doesn't work with me that i don't work well with i can put the same amount of time into three people and get three transactions done versus one right so there's always that's like the hardest thing to learn as a new realtor is like where identifying that one and just knowing when to when to cut bait
1: so while we're on the topic, so like meeting these new people, maybe getting nervous. And negotiating, I'm pretty sure you probably still remember your very first client, very first like deal,
5: <laughs> Oh, I remember. Uh, do you want
1: to talk us through that?
5: So it was Yeah, uh, let's hear that. It was it was, it was the acreage deal actually. And uh I'm meeting oh these guys like an hour out of the city. You know, I don't know them. My phone reception's about to die. You know, I sent John my <laughs> pin location. Come get me if you don't see me in an hour. <laughs> i remember they were pulled up in the truck so i pulled up right next to them you know these two guys and they have their shades on and i can't see their eyes man and it's just it's awkward it's thick and then you know you get out hey how was the drive and you're slowly trying to chip at them and then finally you know you get your first joke in Everyone, you get a chuckle you get another one and then everyone relaxes uh and then john always says you know people either need to know like and trust you so after by the third chuckle, you know they're like, "All right, this guy, this guy is not bad." And that, that was actually my, uh, my first deal.
0: One hour in the car is way too much time. Like that's so much time to be like, "I got this," and then you're like, "No, I don't got this," and then you're like, "No, I do got this." Like, you have so much time to fluctuate. <laughs> one hour in the car, holy.
4: Yeah, that's so good. I don't remember my first client. Uh, uh, actually, no, my first deal was my cousin. I don't remember somebody who wasn't my family. My first deal. Was it, go was back to my spreadsheet. I can find it. I go to was it. Oh yeah, my cousin's brutal. <laughs> and send me the clip of this so I can send it to him. He's brutal. He <laughs> chiseled me for every ounce of commission I could be chiseled for, and I didn't know any better because I didn't know nothing because I didn't join a team and they don't tell you nothing during the course. So basically, working for free for this guy. Yeah, he's brutal.
3: I'm
4: gonna let him know. Think. I call him after this. You would think, yeah, you're like, hey, I just remembered
0: actually. What the heck was that about? Yeah, you owe me some
4: money and I'm coming to collect.
0: You would think that family would take it easy, but not this guy, hey?
4: Not not Italians. If you're an Italian, you work for free. Family discount. (laughs) Family discount.
0: Unreal.
1: Man. Well, I think, I think we had a pretty good wrap with, like, the whole COVID situation, and, John, you mentioned earlier how, like, you, you're kind of thinking a year ahead, you know, what it's going to be like after, you know, like, maybe the law and stuff. Like, how much how much, how much, much are you kind of maybe trying to plan for the future? I know they say don't plan too far in the future because you don't even know what's going to happen, but are you kind of trying to, like, maybe just, like, foresee what's going on?
4: Yeah, right now I'm taking it, like, a quarter at a time. Yeah. Because so we can't really do too much more than that. I think, like, I'm looking into next year, but at the not too much, I'm trying to just take another quarter of time. I think it's going to go back to what it was before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, just that kind of like that rate of sales. I think it'll go back to that. So, our standard before will be our lull. So, we won't really be like in a deficit. Yeah. Okay. It'll just be a lull from where we are now at this heightened market. So, so I guess you're not buying into the whole like, oh, the
1: next generation, Gen Z, are not going to look into buying houses as much. How are we going to like adjust for that? What's the plan for that? Because that's a lot. That's a lot. What we hear about as students now is like generational shifts and like trends and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think like, I'll be, like the first time home buying age got way older. Yeah. Like even still, I have a ton of friends who so I'm like, I'm gonna get in the business. My friends are probably gonna buy houses in the next two or three years. And I'm gonna be set. I just have like so many friends that haven't bought a house yet. So eventually. I'm going to be set, but right now, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that stuff is kind of, it's, it's to me, that's based on each household, like how they're brought up, how they're raised, each individual person. And then the partners that they, like, if they're a couple, their partners that they, you know, come with, will have similar probably interests and they'll want to either buy houses. or They're going to want to travel or they're going to do more schooling or they're going to do whatever. That's just what they're going to do. I don't think that we can, possibly forecast how much people are going to move or buy and then like a lot of times you're looking at the buying like you're talking about like first time home buyers and they're going to break in the market and stuff like that but there's also like the sellers and there's people who are selling off all their assets so those people are like with real estate we have a a market like a double-ended market where you're talking about like other markets i don't know what i can't have a good example but when they're going to actually start Making impacts into those marketplaces, but we have people who are exiting our marketplace. But when they exit, they they do business. They have to sell their last house. They have to sell the family home. And so there's there's two ends
5: to the real estate market. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, and mo, sense. those articles always come out. They always have these predictions, and they're never right. Like last year when COVID happened. Yeah. You, know, you would have thought we would have had to park our licenses. You know. So it's like they always give these articles, and it's like these are not realtors. They're just, you know, experts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, we'll always adjust to, 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 to the scope of the land and, you know, make the adjustment and, you know, cause we just, we're there to help people and people will always need help. You know, whether you're going to rent, you know, just some way, somehow, and we're always going to be there to, to help with that process.
1: Yeah. Like you might have to adjust maybe like how you operate as, as a team and maybe like adjust to the real estate kind of conditions at the time, but I guess people always need somewhere to live. Right. So
5: yeah. And if it's 10 out, you know, like Donald saying, like 10 calls, uh, six calls before 90, 10 calls, then it's like, now we're just making 10 calls. You know, it's like, we'll just make the adjustment. Um, and then when you, when you help people and like, you know, they don't know the whole process at all. And, you know, at the end, you know, they're moved in with their family, they're happy. You know, it's, it, it's such a emotionally rewarding feeling because it's like, it is, you know, it is a scary thing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the wild, wild west. And there's a lot of sharks in this industry. So it's like, if you walk in there and you have no idea what you're doing, it's like, you're gonna get got, and that's just the, the reality of the situation. So, um, you know, and then being able to help people with that, it's it's it's, it's definitely rewarding.
0: Our guest segment today is we're gonna be playing The Price Is Right with various houses around Edmonton. Um, we had a very in-depth research team go over to various locations. That in-depth research team was. My girlfriend, she loves looking at houses. So when I told her she had them, she had a list ready within like an hour. It was incredible. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna show you a few houses. We're gonna give you some details about like location and size and we have some pictures too. Uh, and basically what you're gonna have to do is get as close to the price as you can without going over all right so you guys over, look like, okay
4: okay without no going, going over
0: that's how the price is right works if you go over you're out so you want to get as close as you can without going over all right um, all right <laughs> so what i'm gonna do is i uh,
1: might
4: have to I'm do this ex- for a team training i'm very for excited for
1: this training. i'm very excited to see this happen i, I yeah.
4: john i know how, i know how
1: competitive you get i know how competitive you get so i just want to see how this rolls out
4: yeah if i lose we gotta delete the whole recording and do this. <laughs>
5: We're competitive on the move team, man. Any chance you get to, you could just feel the, everyone starts to warm up and- uh, <laughs> Look at the sweat. Look at Ngoni's sweat right now. <laughs> oh, <boy. Get> excited. <laughs> right. It's not every day you get a chance to, to, to I, m- I might be able to beat John today, you know, so yeah. the opportunity got me excited.
0: <laughs> All right. So in front of you, we have uh, the first house. The first house is called Backyard Waterfall. Uh, it's two bedroom, four bathroom. Uh, 1484 square feet this 1500 square foot home located in the glenora area offers an open and airy main floor layout fit with the chef's kitchen perfect for entertaining despite this home only having two bedrooms this house makes up for its lack of indoor space with a beautiful outdoor patio with a waterfall feature Take
5: <laughs> okay, go ahead no Uh 569. 569. Yeah. Five
4: okay. I'm gonna go I'll go seven ninety. Oh, you're gonna go seven
0: ninety. Holy, that's bold.
4: Glenora. And that's a beautiful home. And backyard waterfall, you telling me there's a waterfall back there, you're not showing me?
0: There no, it's right here. It's in this picture here. I'll make it a little bit bigger so you guys can see. Oh gosh.
4: Addiction. Okay, let's uh,
0: let's go 790. Let's try 790. 790. All right. Well, I'm gonna pull up the real numbers here real quick before we reveal the actual price. Ngoni, you went with 569. John went with 790. The real price is 1.1 million. I knew so, it. I was gonna
4: say 1.1, but I didn't want to. You read the description and it threw me off. You're like this <laughs> makes up when you said it makes up for small or small inside. I was like, damn. But yeah, i was gonna, i was actually thinking one one
5: before you,
4: before you read it i was thinking one one but then you read it and it screwed my whole thing off i, I never i real estate I might never not be read for those. me then by the way i never, I never read the descriptions so maybe that's why not Oh well, there we go now
0: we know now we know to uh take everything i say with a grain of salt you guys are the experts no. here so don't be telling me i misled you all right <laughs> you guys are the experts
4: you're going to your side now, also another neighborhood, another neighborhood. Right. Another neighborhood.
5: <laughs>
0: I'm
5: this is house number now. two. Warm up round. Warm up round. <laughs> this is
0: house number two. We call this one the Blue Basement. Uh, it has six bedrooms, two bathrooms, and 1,100 square feet. So this 1,100 square foot single family home, located in the Park View neighborhood, offers a newly renovated upstairs area and six bedrooms, perfect for a large family. This cozy bungalow will brighten your day with its spunky, bright blue basement and beautiful backyard fit with a large deck.
5: I'm gonna say uh, six hundred grand.
4: Six hundred. Um, it's actually one four three one two eighty seventh Ave, and it's listed at three ninety. Three ninety is my low. I think. I think it's. Like, I think it's just got price reduced actually guy knows the house this guy's <laughs> i mean you, it wasn't even a fresh. challenge <laughs> it, it might have just got price reduced but yeah it's it's like just between 390 and like 415 I'm somewhere shook. in there don how, you, know, how do you know how do you know this say, house what did you say the address uh 1431287
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the house now that i look at the other photos I of the believe- house <laughs> So, Ngoni went with 600, John went with 390, and the actual price that we have listed is 420.
4: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I Somewhere I thought it was four. I thought they just reduced the price on that one. They didn't go. Wow.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: John, wow. how do you know the house? How do you know the house, John?
4: I go to like 50 houses a week. I've been <laughs> in that house three times already.
1: So, you just recognize it, eh? Wow. That's
4: so cool. Yeah. I have it on my, I have it on my list here. I, I just have to look up my address list. Oh, goodness from gracious. when I showed it. But it doesn't have prices on there, unfortunately.
0: Let's so share number three here. All right, This one is called the Ultra Modern Marble. This one oh, has three done bedrooms, done. four bathrooms, and about 4,700 square feet. Or 4,600. This ultra modern 4,600 square foot home located in the Windsor Park neighborhood offers a spacious living area and stunning views over the River Valley. With its double balconies, this home offers plenty of room for both indoor and outdoor entertainment. I'm
5: gonna say uh, 4.5 m, 4.5 million, no. 4.5. No. Yeah, <clears throat> that one's tough. I'll go.
4: Uh, I'll go 4.5 and
0: 100. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's that's how these things go. <laughs> price is right. You ever
4: watched it? That's it. <laughs> that's
0: how it, that's how she works around here. Yeah. Um. And the actual price for this bad boy is three point two seven five. So you both you both overshot it. You both overshot that's it a little okay. bit, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that just shows that's that okay. you guys are human because <laughs> John with the last one. <laughs> freaking called it out for what it was just the address and everything um
4: (laughs) my bad (laughs) that was that was unreal unreal no we love it we love it
0: um all right this is going to be our final one for today this one is called original trim this has three bedrooms two bathrooms and 1100 square feet this charming 1100 square foot home located in the ritchie neighborhood offers original wood trim and beams displaying its rich history. With its updated bathrooms and new wood floors, this two-story home is the perfect balance of old meets new in this up and coming neighborhood.
1: <laughs> John, why are you laughing? Why are you
0: laughing?
2: John? Why are you
1: laughing? John? <laughs> John,
0: John, don't don't tell me you recognize it,
4: John. 985276th <laughs> Avenue.
2: Oh my God.
4: I'm gonna say uh 400 grand.
0: 400 grand. You're gonna say 400.
4: Yeah. I think you're over. Uh, what is the price of this one? 76th Avenue is a super busy street, and this this one's right on it. It's I think this one's right the one right across from uh Faro sandwich shop actually. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll go 370. Can confirm. 370.
0: 370.
4: I don't remember. I don't remember the price. I was well, in it though. I've been here.
0: This one's yours to lose here. Um, the actual price. Oh my gosh, John, you were so close. It's three sixty-seven. Yeah. So I don't you both overshot it, but that's a respectable overshoot. And Goni, listen, man, it's your first year out here. All right, you. <laughs> We're just we're just keeping you humble. We heard you had a crack in your, We're just keeping you humble. That's all we're doing here.
5: You know, Alex, the, the roast that's gonna come from this loss today, man. I'm gonna hear this for the next year. So uh yeah. We'll we'll send <laughs> you guys the timestamp the- and you guys just share it around the office.
4: <laughs> I'm going, I can't believe you don't remember the address of every random listing that comes up, <laughs> Come on, man. What's wrong with you? Are you studying <laughs> or no? Like <laughs> I was in this house last week. Oh, uh, uh, but that oh, one, yeah, yeah, that one's right across from Farrell, and that's like it's two doors off 99th Street on 76th Avenue. That one's gonna be tough. Wow. And the stove is like that's the smallest stove I've ever seen. Poor home. <laughs> couldn't make a turkey. That's what the buyer said. We couldn't make a turkey.
2: Vegetarians.
4: Yeah, I take your it. market. That's Did it. you make a faux turkey? Even like, aren't those supposed to be like the same? Eh. You can cut it up. You can cut it up. It's not worth it. Oh, <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Those
0: are our four homes for the day. Thank you for uh, thank you for playing our game. We always like to throw something new at our guests to, you know, have 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 fun a little bit. And we know you guys were competitive, so we thought you'd enjoy it. Um, I don't know. No
5: I think we have... had, no fun was had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna know. have some fun with
4: that. I'm gonna have some fun with that for a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's uh just to clarify the final results it was two zero two zero
5: thank John. you thank you for that
0: Yeah. no i just i also want to let him know that he also overshot a couple and he he's got work too it wasn't four zero it was two zero
5: yeah
4: so
3: there you go
0: Fair
3: Yeah.
4: True. if you went the other way with closest to the price you it'd be three one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. very true very true still would have lost. So, i
5: mean, it makes I mean a still
4: you know, an, yeah. an L And L's and I'm at take least it's my not a sweep at
0: least it's not a sweep <laughs> that's true awesome well uh thank you guys so much for for joining us today and enlightening us on the the real estate the real estate industry and and marketing within it and everything everything in between and uh and playing our game we we really appreciate it we know that real estate's a very it's a very busy busy job to have and uh, we know that time is very precious. So uh, we wanted to thank you for for joining us today uh, to talk with us.
5: Yeah, no, thanks for having us. It was fun. Hopefully awesome. I you guys out too. Definitely fun. Nice to, to meet you guys.
2: Nice seeing you. Yeah, In Go you know. too, guys. And happy belated birthday also.
1: Oh yeah, yesterday was your birthday.
5: Whoa, happy birthday. <laughs> <Yeah>. happy birthday. <laughs> Do I get two points for that. Does that mean yeah? You yeah we'll,
1: we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. It's, it's, it's you a should have
4: told it's me. I would have sent you some secret
0: we'll, messages or something to give you a we'll, hint. We'll, oh my goodness! We'll
4: give you a tie on that. I don't know about. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't preschool in the going. Not everybody gets a ribbon, bro. <laughs> oh, oh
0: my gosh!
4: All Amen.
1: right, thank you guys. Thank you, uh, sure. for seeing you. John. Go to we'll you. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have a good one, guys.
2: I don't even know where to start. Like, that was just. Um,
0: Mo and I had a moment where we like to write down little quotes or like little key points. (laughs) And the one that resonated with us a lot was this like, it's so like hustle culture, but it's uh, (laughs) the. what what was the exact quote i'm literally so so john john said
1: john said there's like equity and then there's sweat equity which is like how much work and time you put in. and then at the exact same time me and alex scrolled down to this exact same part of the doc and started typing in sweat equity together
0: on the same line like (laughs) the same line it
1: was so funny and we just looked at each other and had a little smile in the camera
2: Um, what if i what if i cursors touched in the the google doc
0: (laughs) it's it's, it's one of those we your hands together yeah Yeah. (laughs) did you feel that too mo yeah
3: i felt uh, it i felt it
1: i think (laughs) i think my my blue cursor and your pink cursor combined to make green for a quick second there
2: green (laughs) oh purple (laughs) bro
1: color theory let me go look at it let me go look at a color wheel real quick (laughs) that's funny yeah purple sorry
2: (laughs) <laughs> Damn. the guy likes no, it, green it, it i do like green
0: it's, it's very like it's very like hustle culture though and and real estate mm-hmm. is has is very individual and and kind of hustly in that way um and and that that kind of like sweat equity is something that i'm honestly surprised that a lot of real estate um groups and and firms are not really doing yeah
2: like, i agree
0: when i asked that about like because it it is, it feels pretty saturated, at least to me, like, I think about a real estate person, I'm like, they're all kind of the same at, mm-hmm. at face value, at least until you get to know them. Totally. I was, I was, I was surprised that they wouldn't be trying to take more advantage of that before you even met them before you even called them. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's just like a large group of people, and it's anybody's game.
1: Yeah, totally. I think there might either be like, just like waiting on Either the house like is gonna sell itself because a lot of people are like have that mentality and like sales and business like yeah the product's good it's gonna sell itself but
2: yeah no that's so true honestly yeah. even just in my experience for like clients that I've worked with um uh, we have worked with a couple home builders and um obviously it depends but oftentimes it's like the if we build it they will come approach and it's just not how it works so no
1: no or they're probably relying too much on like connections like I know like when John was starting out, he was probably like relying more on like his family, cousins, you know, with, with some family business. Mm-hmm. But like, ugh, can I actually only get you so far, you know. What I mean, like, how many people do you know that can like make you a living
2: by selling yeah. one a house, you know? Totally. There might, um, be,
0: there might be like moving forward, probably like a growing space for that in in real estate, and a lot of people maybe starting to take that approach that that maybe the move team is is taking, and maybe in marketing, and you're trying to figure out like, if I wanted to put in work, where could I put in work, like? Mm-hmm. It seems like there there could be a lot of space for that moving forward, where a lot of people are going to want to start really branching out into the digital space and into different things. Um, yeah. If if they're not already doing the whole uh, like geo farming tactic mm-hmm. that, that they also yes. mentioned, because it's just a different it's just a different space and it's a different way of marketing.
1: So
2: definitely,
0: so that was that was one of the cool things from today.
1: Yeah. Also, another cool thing too, just seeing. Seeing like how they both took very different paths to get to, to real estate, which is like yeah. kind of encouraging because like as someone who's like super unsure of what they're gonna end up doing, like real estate has crossed my mind from time to time, and I'm like I don't know, if I'm like because I hate sales, I hate sales mm-hmm. no sales job. I'm like real estate, just like I like selling, but like really really high stakes sales.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I'm like <laughs>
1: I don't know if I want to. That's all gonna make me more nervous, but just knowing that it's open to everyone who like maybe has what it takes is kind of cool john might hate that because you know he doesn't want anybody to be able to get a D he thinks like there should be a higher barrier of entry which is interesting mm-hmm. i i did find that very interesting i thought about it for a second like i think it would um not only prevent a lot of people from like getting into real estate and just like then like falling out of it in a month and having no money like it's it's high yeah. risk and people people don't realize that so it might save a lot of people from themselves but i think it might also just like elevate the, the real estate industry as a whole like, true. making it better. And I think a lot of a lot of times all of these real estate like um, teams and and real estate agents who are like, let's say the ones we're talking about, we're not doing it the right way.
3: Like it's mm-hmm. just like they keep
1: sending mail flyers that are like squished between like my goddamn fast food coupons. I'm like, I yeah. don't want this right now. Yeah. Throw it out. Um, I, that's I mean, probably why. The... That's probably why. It's they don't I... have they probably don't belong there.
0: At the same time, like I think before this, I've always not always but i i've also considered real estate and just like maybe exploring that and seeing what that means and it's always seemed like a very intimidating thing because i'm like Mm. there's such a high barrier of entry and it seems like so difficult and there's all these little pieces but at the same time like getting getting certified and being eligible to kind of enter that space isn't actually that difficult um which could like if 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 it does become harder to get in, then a lot of people who are like unsure um, and are maybe like too scared to even try it, that scares them away even more. But now knowing that it is just a course, and then and then it's up to you mm-hmm. um, and how you set yourself up. Like I think that makes it a more encouraging prospect, even for for myself, who really enjoys like engaging with people and like I'm very social. I'm very presentative. And I, I could almost see like I could, I could see the fun in potentially selling a house because I feel like selling houses is not selling freaking, I don't, I don't know, like anything else, like mm-hmm.
1: selling shoes
0: or, you know, like yeah. selling yeah, software. You're,
1: you're selling something people actually want.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I mean, people maybe want shoes and maybe want software, and if shoes and software are your thing, then great. But yeah, like I think a lot of people find houses really cool, and I like I, I miss HGTV so oh. much. So I um, be living it, you'd be living I it as a and then agent. I would literally like I mean kind of less glamorous, but hundred like my, I do have inches that lie there, and I'm like maybe that sales job that looked really scary and really intimidating at least to get started isn't really, and then it's just my own personal like how much I'm willing to risk to try and get into that and to try to break into it um,
2: totally so there's
0: there's two sides to that to that coin yeah. for sure.
1: I think everyone's perception of real estate having a real high like barrier barriers to entry I think they're actually talking about the barriers of success like it's very easy yes. to get in
3: yeah but it's exactly. very hard
1: to like make the money because like real estate to me sounds very cool as long as I'm actually making some money like selling That's houses and just like living living comfortably but like yeah it's just the the struggle for a little bit which I think just might be part of the game just a struggle in the beginning but but like John said, like, and Ngoni attested to because he lived it, like, just join, joining a, a good team and, like, a good fit and having a good, a good like, a good mentor like John was to, to Ngoni, you know, so to have someone show him the ropes and support him mm-hmm. and stuff. I think that's, like, I think that's encouraging to me. I'm like, okay, so it doesn't have to be so hard. Like, yeah, I might not make that many deals in the beginning, but, like, if I surround myself with the right team and I don't do it alone, like, it's not going to be awful. Like, this will have a good cushion because then you're just not relying on yourself too, know.
2: Yeah. Right. Let's <music>